0: going to study the scriptures. If you have a Bible, will you grab your Bibles as well? If you're joining us online, uh, welcome. We're glad you're here as well. But I do have to say it's way cooler to see people in person um, than staring at an empty room. So come be with us on Sunday, 9 a.m. Uh, we've got some really fun things planned. I don't know if you guys even know this yet, but we're going to do um, a gathering in here at 9 a.m. We max out at whatever number it is. I don't want to say the number because I'll say it wrong. Um, and then we are going to empty this parking lot and keep it roped off and do church outside for people as well. there will be, a, yeah, it. That's, I think it's fun. Uh, I think we can, I think we can have like 400-ish people out there as well. So come join us on Sunday, man. It's, um, does anyone else get bored at, at staring at a screen, even when it's like amazing worship and, am, yeah, yeah, I know I was getting bored of it too. Uh, grab your Bibles, Colossians chapter one. Um, if you don't have a Bible, that's Okay. Um, if you have a phone, you can pull that out as well. Colossians chapter 1. As a church, we've been working through the book of Colossians, and I really want to set some groundwork before we kind of work through. Uh, we, we've stepped out of Colossians and, and, and talked about leadership and authority, and I want to talk about some of that tonight. But Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, I want to read this. It says, for by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. All things were created through him and for him. I think it's really important to, to understand this before we dive into some leadership and authority kind of principles within the scriptures. Um, I want to invite you with me this evening. Will you put this lens on with me, that all things were created through him and for him? And just begin to even say that in your mind, just just right now, that all things were created through him and for him. It's so important to understand, especially when we talk about leadership and authority or especially when we begin to discuss things that might pull someone one way and pull someone the else and it causes people to think and be stirred up and and maybe even challenged a little bit. I think it's important for us to remember all things were created through him and for him. I I tell people this all the time. If you want to show me that you love me, love my kids Anybody have kids in this room? Sweet. Some, someone must have lots of kids that yelled back there. Yeah, and their children yelled too. Um, I mean, you, you probably understand this then. The best way that, that someone can show love to me is by loving my kids. It's not so much that you have to love my kids, it's what I desire, but it, it's the quickest way to my heart. Why? Because they're a part of who I am. They are a part of me. I watch them come into the world. And when people love my kids, they love me. And and I think this is the model that the Father has for us. When we love other people, when we recognize that all things were created through him and for him that he has a desire to know every single individual on the earth. And when we put that lens on and view people that way and love people that way, it's actually one of the greatest ways we can love the Lord is by loving his kids. When you allow that nature to be put on on just a daily basis, it changes the way that you walk in life. I wanna challenge you. The next time that you go to the grocery store, or the next time that you go out, or whatever you do, I dare you to look at people and tell yourself that person was created through God and for God, and God has a desire to know them. It will change everything. This idea has been wrecking all of who I am. It is so hard to, uh, to disrespect people and, 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 and be angry and be frustrated when you look at them and you say, you know what? God made you, and he made through you, and he wants to know you individually. It changes everything. And I want to ask you a question uh, before we dive into we'll, we'll be in Romans chapter 13, and then we, I want to look at Daniel just a little bit. And this is my question. What is your natural response when you disagree with leadership? How do you naturally respond? I'll tell you how I naturally respond. Um, I get really angry, and I run away. That's how I naturally respond. That's how I grew up. That's how I was raised. I don't like a teacher, so I just move schools. So I get frustrated and irritated and I push and then I just move. Or I don't like a coach on a specific team as a young person and I just get angry and I push and I, and I run away. Or I don't like a, a boss at a specific job and so I just push and I get angry and, and I run away. When I disagree, that is my natural response. I just want you to think about what yours is. This is my other question. What is your natural response when you disagree with governing authorities? How do you naturally respond? I'll I'll tell you mine. Um, I claim my rights. I reject anything that I don't like. And I push back as hard as I can. That's usually what I do. That's one extreme of me. The other extreme is I just sit down and I do nothing because I I can't take it. But how do you naturally respond? I want to take you through... A little bit of a journey of the last three months, just for me. Greg had this word really early on in in vintage when when the COVID pandemic began to break out. And it was this Hebrews 12 idea where God was shaking the heavens and and shaking the earth. And it was interesting. I, I just looked up in the Greek what that word for shaking was. And it literally means to be irritated, to be agitated. I don't know about you, but this season has stirred up so many things in my heart and in my life. So many, like, random things. Like, why am I frustrated right now? I don't understand. It's because God is shaking. And I, I started off my journey three months ago or whenever this broke out, probably similar to most of you. I went, I, I bought a lot of food. Um, I sh- was trying to figure out why the toilet paper was gone. Um, and then I just, I went to my house and I was like, okay, here we go. Like, what's going to happen? And I just waited and, and watched. And you know, both my wife and I were working full-time from home with, with two kiddos, and we were fine, and, you know, I, but I thought to myself, I mean, I remember that COVID breaking out in another country, and I remember the first case happened, and, and just waited, like, okay, well, what what's going to happen? And, and I prayed over my house, and, and just said, okay, like, we'll, we'll see what happened, and, and a month and a half or, or two months went by, and if you remember really early on, you could go to the grocery store, and no one really required you to do anything. You just would go and grab your stuff and leave. And, and then they started to introduce all of these things. So you have to wear a mask and you have to social distance and you have to do this and, and you have to do that. And, and, and I remember, I remember like probably a month and a half ago, so maybe two months into this COVID pandemic, I remember standing in a Home Depot with a mask on and the line was almost wrapped around the store. Um, And I remember thinking to myself, why am I in Home Depot with this many people, but I'm not at church on Sunday? I'm so confused. I remember thinking in that moment, like, isn't it my constitutional right that I wouldn't have to experience things like this? And I remember thinking to myself, like, are we going to have a conversation about like the separation of like church and state? And I, I mean, I even made comments here. I remember talking about all of this. And then the Lord began to speak to me. He began to love me. He began to convict my heart with a a few things. I remember going back, we were in Colossians. I was like, I'm just going to read it again. I remember going through and reading that all things were created through him and for him. And in that moment, I I felt like he declared the scripture back to me as if he was reading it. He said, Trav, all things were created through me and for me. And then he asked me a question. He said, are you willing to honor and love people even when you disagree with them? Are you willing to step in honor and love and view people through my lens, even, even when you completely disagree? And to be honest, in that moment, I, I couldn't respond. That's not how I naturally respond to disagreement. I like to flex. I like to show people, like, look what we get to have. Like, look what's here. Like, look what I can do. Look what I can't do. And I remember the Lord just saying, hey, are you willing to lay that down and honor and love people. I remember asking him, like, why? And, and during that same time, I remember that Pastor Greg had asked the teaching team uh, if we would just go through the scriptures and look at different leadership and authority teachings. And the, the Lord began to take me on this journey. Will you, will you go to Romans chapter 13 with me? Um. This is probably the most un-American verse that you'll ever read, I promise you. And you'll you'll find out in just a minute. Uh, Romans chapter 13, uh, just written verse one. It says this, "'Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, "'for there is no authority except from God, "'and those that exist have been instituted by God. "'Therefore, whoever resists the authorities "'resists what God has appointed.' and those who resist will incur judgment. I wish I could tell Paul not to write that. Like, what a horrible verse, right? Uh, Dustin, a few weeks ago, he, he unpacked this word subject in the Greek, and now, we'll do it again. It's hupotasso. It means to obey. It deals with posture. It means to be arranged and placed underneath. Okay, so, so you and I, We have something to do here with this verse. I personally think it should just be vertical with you and the Lord. If you want to talk about it with people, that's great. You have to decide. Does God place leadership and authority, or does he not? Because this is what the scriptures say. And Romans 13 doesn't say God places love and Loving, kind, gentle, meek, kingdom seeking authorities into place. And the other ones we can just dismiss. I wish. So you have to wrestle with the idea. I I still wrestle with it. God places all leadership and authority. So good leaders and bad leaders. Do you want to know who was the governing authority in Romans chapter 13 when Paul writes this? Does anybody know who was the emperor of Rome during that time? Nero, does anybody know anything about Nero? He was a great guy, love Jesus man. Uh, it was just a walk. In. No, he was horrible. Like not, and, and, and by the way, this isn't just Christian people that think Nero was awful. If you Google Nero right now, the world at large was like, yeah, he was a bad dude. He was super evil. Uh, he killed his own mom um, because she was telling him what to do. She had adopted him. Um, he killed two of his wives. One of them was pregnant. He burnt down half of Rome Um, his own people revolted against him and plotted to kill him. He was the first Roman emperor to commit suicide. I mean, he he was a, a bad dude, and he hated Christians. And Paul in this time says, be subject to governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. This destroys every bit of, of how I was raised and how I look at authority in life. It completely, it, it just messes all of it up. I, I want to read to you something. This is a, a little John Maxwell, like, thing that he says about Romans chapter 13. I think there's a lot that we can learn from it. It, it says this, why should we submit? Is it because these leaders are the smartest, most reliable individuals on earth? No. God simply provides us with an authority test. Before we will ever become leaders of integrity, we must learn to follow other leaders regardless of differences. In fact, the acid test of character comes when we disagree with legitimate authorities, when we refuse to demand our own way and instead submit to others. Our hearts are right. This is when God can trust us to lead others. Man, there's a lot. There's a lot in that. I want to. I want to read it again. Why should we submit? Is it because these leaders are the smartest, most reliable individuals on earth? No. God simply provides us with an authority test. Before we will ever become leaders of integrity, we must learn to follow other leaders, regardless of our differences. In fact, the acid test of character comes when we disagree with legitimate authorities. When we refuse to demand our own way and instead submit to others, our hearts are right. This is when God can trust us to lead others. One of the best examples that when I was searching through the scriptures for an idea like this is when I look at Daniel's life. Will you go to Daniel chapter one with me? I I wanna look at at just a a glimpse of his life just for a moment. I, I, I truly believe that throughout Daniel's entire life, He viewed people from the lens of the Father. He saw them as people that the Father desired to know regardless of who they were and how they treated him. He honored, loved, and figured out how to serve them. Uh, If if you don't know anything about Daniel, Daniel was taken captive at a very young age by the Babylonians. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar was leading the Babylonians during that time, and he was a smart guy. He knew exactly what he was doing. Uh, He would take nobles, so Daniel was a noble He was taken captive, and if we look at how the Babylonians conquered different cities and different people groups, they were very strategic. So we can conclude that Daniel's family was probably executed in front of Daniel. This is how the Babylonians work if you study history. And they did that so that Daniel would think, I'm never returning home, I have nothing to come back to. Daniel was supposed to be very close to the king, and so we can speculate that he was probably made into a eunuch as well because that's what they did during that time. He he didn't want anyone sleeping uh, around in in the kingdom. They changed his name. They, They stripped everything from him. I mean, there's, there's probably some of Daniel's friends that he grew up with trying to serve God, remembering that King Josiah brought back the scrolls, and he was probably excited, and, and some of these friends were taken captive with him. They probably fell into pagan rituals and pagan ideas with the Babylonians. That would have been easier. That, that's probably something that I may have done. I mean, I, I have no idea what I would do in this moment. And I feel like it'd be so normal to read a story about a man named Daniel who was so frustrated and bitter with God and people that had been placed in his life. But that's not what happens. If, if we go to verse eight in uh, Daniel chapter one, we have to remember that God had given uh, the people very strict dietary laws, the Jewish people. Uh, Leviticus 11, Deuteronomy chapter 14, uh, God was very clear with what they could and could not eat. And, and, and Daniel does something very interesting. Verse eight, Daniel chapter one, it says, but Daniel resolved, that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, "'I fear my lord the king who has signed your food and your drink, for why should he see that you were in worse condition than the youths who are of your own age? So you would endanger my head with the king.' something caught my eye when I read this story. I've read this story a, a ton of times. I'm going to press pause for just a moment. It says that Daniel asked, the words requested, the chief of the eunuchs. So Daniel's been given a law, a dietary law, by God, and he asked. He, he submits this idea into a pagan hand. He says, hey, can I not defile myself? Ashpenaz, the chief of the eunuchs, has every right in this moment to say, dude, no way. Absolutely not. I'm going to lose my head. If you get skinny, I'm going to get in trouble. And Daniel still finds a way in the midst of all of this. He's had everything stripped away from him. He feels, I mean, I, I can't imagine what he is feeling. And he still finds a way to honor and submit something that God had given to him. Have you considered how we, as American people, handle the laws and the rights that have been given to us? Have you considered how you handle them? I know that I would choose to want to grab and flaunt and throw them in front of me and choose to pick them up and make sure that everybody sees what I'm allowed to do and what I, I don't have to do, rather than just submitting them before the Lord and saying, hey, what is your lens? And who you, have you put in front of me And and what does my heart posture need to look like? That's usually how I choose to handle them. If you continue through this story, God does something incredible through Daniel and his friends. And I truly believe that it's because of Daniel's heart posture. That his heart was towards the Lord, towards the people that the Lord had placed in his life. And he still found a way to honor. Look at what happens in verse 15. It says, At the end of ten days it was seen that they were better in appearance and fatter in flesh than all the youths who ate the king's food. So the steward took away their food and wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables. If you only ate vegetables for 10 days, and I drank wine and ate pork and steak, I promise you that I will be fatter in flesh than you. Uh, I don't care what metabolism you have, I can guarantee you I will gain more weight. Uh, vegetables have little to no fat. This is impossible. This should not happen. doesn't matter what, I don't care if Daniel like did push-ups all day, this is literally not possible. Clearly God intervenes and releases the miraculous in Daniel's life. I want to suggest that Daniel's obedient submission, his willingness to honor, even when he disagreed, even when he was hurt and frustrated and didn't understand, his willingness to say, hey, um, I just I want to submit this. It actually allowed the God, God, it gave God opportunity to release the miraculous in Daniel's life. There's two things I want you to think about. Have you considered that through our obedient submission, through us as believers choosing to say, I will choose honor and love, I will choose to see people through the lens of the Lord, that that through doing that, there is actually a miracle on the other side that the Lord is wanting to release in your life? Have you thought about it? This is what happens in Daniel's life. On the flip side, have you considered that maybe by choosing to say, well, I'm not honoring, I'm not doing this, I'm going to grab my right, I'm going to grab what I'm allowed to do, and I'm just going to stand firm and show people what I can do and show people what I can't do. Have you considered that you might be robbing yourself from the Lord wanting to actually perform a miracle in your life? I think that through honoring, the Lord loves to pour out his spirit. He loves to pour out the miraculous. I truly believe that. This was the first of of tons of miracles that happened in in Daniel's life. If you haven't read through Daniel, I I encourage you, go read through it. It's insane what God does through these boys. It's it's amazing. I wonder what would have happened if if Daniel would have walked into captivity as a bitter, frustrated person and said, you know what, I've got this law, I'm going to cling on to this, and and I, I get to do this, this is my right. I wonder what would have happened. He still finds a way in the midst of frustration, confuse, confusion, to say, hey, Lord, I'm gonna posture my heart. I'm gonna come underneath. I'm gonna honor and love. And I don't understand, I don't get it, but I so think that Daniel saw all, of, all the Babylonians and thought to himself, man, God wants to know their heart. And, I, and the Lord released the miraculous through that. I am so challenged in this season The last month and a half for me has been complete repentance. Complete like, oh my goodness, Lord, I I think I've just had it wrong. I think I have. And you've got to hear me out. Mask, I, I totally disagree with it. I think it's horrible. We see statistics of this and statistics of that, and someone says this, and someone, I have no idea what I'm supposed to believe. All I know is the Lord has said, Trev, are you willing to be obedient? Are you willing to honor and love people, view them through my lens, even when you disagree and even when you don't understand? Isn't that the point? don't think we have to understand I can promise you in life, there will always be somebody and something that you disagree with. Your response to walk in honor and love, it's only on you. You get to control that. I believe that in walking in honor and walking in love and coming underneath, that the Lord is given an opportunity to pour out the miraculous in that. That's what I see in the text. I'm wondering if if you would maybe just allow the Lord just to, to search your heart just in this moment. Would you do that with me? Or would you just ask him, hey, are, are there areas in my life that I've chosen to cling on to rights, that I've, I've chosen to cling on to things, and maybe you're asking me to walk in honor and love, and maybe lay some of those down. I just invite you to do that. I want you to always remember that it's his kindness that, that leads us to repentance. I've never felt the Lord be harsh with me in this season. He's been so gentle. He's been so gracious. And it's, it's been such an amazing thing. Let me pray really quick. Jesus, Lord, I just pray for, for every single person in this room. Lord, anyone who's watching on, on video or on audio, Lord, I just, um, Lord, I cry out that that you would intervene and speak to their heart. Lord, that you would change us, that your kindness would draw us, Lord, that we would have the ability to put your lens on of people, that we would understand it is your desire to know every single individual. Lord, that we have the opportunity to walk in honor, in grace and love. And that you have such a desire to pour out your spirit and the miraculous on that. So Lord, we crowd for more of you. We're so thankful for you. We love you. We bless your name. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.